0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 90 or Nothing podcast show, episode number 15. Well, what a huge last week we've had at the Nutrien Classic 2020. This new year brought a new name, and they also introduced some buffalo for the pre-works. Ultimately, the sale was a great success, and we witnessed some fantastic camp drafting. The horses and the competitors were of an absolute elite level. Overall, the sale was a huge success with 483 of the 568 lots selling, which is an 85% clearance rate. The geldings averaged $11,797. The mares averaged $17,219. The stallions averaged $29,870. The top price gelding was Eagle Brave, lot number 147, who sold for $44,000. The top priced mare was Wicked Duck, she was lot number 157 and she sold for $77,500. The top priced stallion was lot number 564, Branch Vale Metal Alloy in the capable hands of Mark Buttsworth sold for $126,000, he was also the sale topper. The sale grossed a huge amount of seven million six hundred fifty-five thousand five hundred dollars, and the overall average was fifteen thousand eight hundred forty-nine dollars. I think it's fair to say that that was a fairly strong sale, considering the extreme climatic conditions we had had leading up to it. There was no doubt that there was plenty of money being thrown around, and you know, a lot of the horses there were presented were just of extreme quality and high class so a credit to all the vendors there and i sure hope that all the purchasers are happy with their purchases and go home with a happy horse massive shout out goes to the nutrient classic team for 2020 thanks guys for putting on a fantastic show and a great event we sure all enjoyed it and look forward to next year's event again also another shout out to all the great people that donated all the cattle for their event It was a huge ask considering the times that we have previously been in. I know there's not a whole lot of cattle getting around. So yeah, massive thank you to all the people that donated their cattle and yeah, just made this event possible because I really think it is an extremely important event in our calendar and it's definitely gonna be arguably the backbone of the industry. Now moving right along with the show, This week, I managed to catch up with Jason Lindley. Now, Jason was the winner of the Nutrient Classic for 2020 and put on a marvellous display of what camp drafting should be. Like always, the Classic is an extremely hard event to win and a massive congratulation goes out to Jason as it was his first time competing down here, which is just incredible to come down here and take everyone out like that. It was. Um, he was certainly a force to be reckoned with and it's uh, going to be interesting to see him come back in the next years to come. Now, Jason is from Queensland and manages Paradise Lagoons. He's known to be the quiet achiever. He certainly proved that this week. Jason is a very humble man and it was great to catch up with him and we certainly appreciate him sitting down with us and giving his time. Guys, we sure hope you enjoy this interview with Jason Lindley and a big thank you to our major sponsors, Camp Draft Training Online and Select Size. I began our conversation by asking him a few questions about the horse that he won the Nutrien Classic on for 2020, P.V. Grasshopper.
1: Uh, Damien, Kenny and, yeah, Tori Acton, they purchased him last year at the sale as a four year old. Right. Um, Todd Graham put him through. Yeah, trained him. Um, what's he buy? He's him a blue smooth cat.
0: Yep. And what's what's the
1: Marys out of? Uh, full sister, to one more spin, just one more.
0: Wow. Yeah. So some serious breeding there. Very, then. very good breeding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and so how far along the training was he when you got him?
1: Yeah. No, he was. I think they've sh- they showed him a few times at a um at the futurity or, or a futurity somewhere. Yep. Cutting faturity, yeah. Cutting futurity. Yeah.
0: But he hadn't tracked many yet
1: no no he had had a bit of work for that um a lot of mustering sort of um yeah a lot of mustering actually because he was a bit of a bit of a weird sort of a horse out in the paddock and that he was sort of yeah he's very mate loving and
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. well he, he is a bit of a quirky horse he's yeah, yeah. got some few things tell yeah, us a bit yeah. about them
1: uh just out in the paddock and that he was sort of <laughs> he used to have, um yeah he used to run around like um, with the mares and that, thought he was a bit of a, bit of a stud, um. (laughs) Really? Yeah. But, um, we've sort of ironed that out a bit, he's, he's becoming a bit of an old horse now, yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. So what was some of the training involved you had to get, put onto him to get him to this level?
1: Oh, not just, just to get miles under him, just to get him a bit more relaxed and settled about doing things, um, in circles and and, um, actually tracking cattle and that. He was, but he had so much cow, that he was a little bit cow scared. So he sort of, sort of liked to get away from a cow more so than attack one. Right. So, but when you when you're chasing one, you sort of got to attack to some extent to, to um chase him away from you. So yeah, I just had to get him a bit more confident with that.
0: So what was the process you did to get him comfortable in tracking one?
1: Well, pretty much just miles. Yep. Yeah. Just just sweaty buddy saddlecloths and yeah, and just get him used to it. Mm. Getting in close and, and sort of pushing one around a bit.
0: Because I guess he's sort of been taught the opposite through his cutting yeah, foundation. Just, just to
1: get off a cow as much as to, to attack one. So, yeah, he sort of. Yeah, that was probably the. That's the biggest thing. I feel like I've rode a few cutting horses and that, and that's the sort of main thing that you got to do with them is, yeah, get them a bit more confident beside a cow when you're sort of chasing one, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, because that's a. A big thing in the camp draft, of course, and we see it a lot, you know, those cutting horses that cross over to the camp draft pen, probably haven't spent enough time tracking mm. and get a 24-yard, but then struggle to yeah, put one around, to, so. um Yeah,
1: to dominate one
0: outside, yeah. So, Jace, how did this all come about, and when was the opportunity presented to you to ride PV Grasshopper through the Classic?
1: Well, I, I work at um, Parados Lagoon's. Um, yeah, Tory and Damo live there as well, and um, yeah, they bought him, and... I sort of, I'd been mustering on him there, and and yeah, they sort of had a plan that they were going to bring him back here for the Classic, and yeah, they, they chose me to ride him, so that was that was really good. <laughs> yeah, so they're good friends of yours? Yeah, yep. 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 Yeah, Damo, I've known Damo for probably 15 odd years. I used to draft a, a stud for him, um, Mr. Juleman. He was, a, yeah, he was an awesome horse. He um, Was that an imported horse? Yeah. Yeah, he could he could really cut a cow out. Really? Yeah, proper. He was he was and he was a little short, little stout fella, but he could yeah, he could chase one too. Well now
0: you mentioned that you were the um that you work up Paradise Lagoons, but you're the manager there, aren't you? Yeah,
1: yep, yep.
0: How long have you been there?
1: Uh be coming up to six years. Oh wow. Um yep. in June I think, yeah.
0: Yep. And where were you before that? Where did you grow up?
1: Um, north of Rocky, on a place I was about 150 k's north of Rocky. Sort of you head up, um, you head out sort of towards the shoulder Bay training area. Yep. Um, yeah, so I grew up there. It's, it was about 52,000 acres and, um, my father used to work there and we, we did school there. Uh, school of distance. Yep. School of the air and that. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we moved up there when we were about seven. When I was just about seven. And then, um, yeah, I left left when I was thirty two. <laughs>
0: wow! So you did a good stint there. Yeah, yeah. And so was that a little bit like were horses used for work there?
1: Yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, mainly yeah. The whole place was it's a it's sort of like a big floodplain up there, and um, yeah, it's an awesome place. On one side there's a saltwater creek where we used to go crabbing and fishing, and and um, yeah, I just, we spent. I well, as a kid, I just all I used to do was go fishing and crabbing. Really? Pretty much, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so horses have always played a bit of a major role in your life, have they?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had, starting out I had a um, little black sort of half Shetland cross thing I could probably call him. (laughs) (laughs) He was, yeah, he he wasn't much of a horse. Yeah. But um, yeah, we learnt to ride on him and used to get thrown all the time and and um yeah progressed from there we had yeah then then we sort of just started getting old station horses and that they were up there and yeah used to go mushroom all the time and
0: yeah yeah definitely so now you're yeah, the manager at paradise lagoon's obviously a very well renowned facility and family in australia for the camp drafting scene especially what does it mean to be working for them and what what does your job entail there
1: oh it's it's really good um yeah, they've got they've got all the facilities there the arenas and and it was just the amount of horses that that are there and different types of horses that I wasn't quite used to riding like there's a lot of a lot more stock horses than what I had at home yeah um, but yeah they sort of um, every horse you sort of ride teaches you something so the more you get on the sort of more you learn yeah okay yeah but yeah I um we got when on, on the good seasons we have about two thousand head of steers there as well, so I sort of look after all that. Yep. And um, and all the horses, yeah.
0: So that's that's an interesting point you brought up before the the difference between stock horses and a quarter horse. So you you, rec- you say you have grown up riding a few more quarter horses, maybe. Yeah. Yep. How do you find it? How have you found it? Sorry, working stock horses two quarter horses what are some of the do you have to give away a few things or change things yeah or?
1: you sort of just can't expect of as much of them um until a bit later on they sort of don't give you a lot first up yeah they sort of want to i wouldn't say they're not as smart but like them little quarter horses they get real smart and they sort of work things out real quick but a stock horse sort of just takes a bit longer and you just got to be really patient with them otherwise yeah you end up in a bit of a bind yeah yeah and
0: have you gone through that process yourself? Oh feel? for
1: sure, yeah. Heaps, heaps, yeah. And you sort of every time you do it you sort of you sort of just gotta take a step back and and just be more patient, yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. certainly bring you back to earth a bit.
1: Mm, definitely, yeah.
0: No, that's all right. So, where did you sort of learn did you spend any time with anyone or yourself taught or?
1: Um, when I was like we had there was a fair few ringers up up where I was working. Um there was some good horsemen in them, um, as such, um, but yeah, they, I mean, it's pretty much self-taught. I'd, i watched a lot of videos and DVDs and stuff, like the DVDs now, but back then it was sort of videos and, and reading books and stuff and, um, yeah, just sort of slowly come along. Just feeling it out. <laughs> Feel like a stock horse. <laughs> <I> slowly <laughs> Slow and steady, yeah.
0: Oh, well, it's, um, it's something that can, it's... You know, I don't know if it can ever be perfected, but no,
1: and that's that's what I like about it because it's it's something that you know you, you get a little bit better each year and and um, you don't know where the top is, you know, like it, it could be you might never achieve perfection, and I, I don't think you ever would because they're they're a horse, you know, and you get a different one all the time, and yeah, it's an ongoing thing, ongoing learning sort of experience, yeah.
0: Yep, definitely. Being up in Rockhampton, I'm sure. Um, you would have been fairly good mates with the the late John Breckleman's. Talk about a little bit about what you had to do with him and and the things you you know learned off him.
1: Yeah, he um he gave me a couple of horses to draft. Um, Wicked Duck actually she was top priced mare here the other day. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she. I. She sort of come straight out of the cutting pen as well, and like I was saying, you know, she took a little bit to get tracking and cattle and that. But I ended up when I drafted her at Marlborough and and when I cut out, I think yeah. And um, no, she was a she was a really nice mare. She was really cow-y and, Yeah. But yeah, I spent a bit. Of, I did, actually made a couple of saddles there with Breck and um, I had a couple of schools when I first moved down. Like when I started at Paradise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he always had lots to teach you, and um, he always giving you advice and stuff. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Oh no! Well, he certainly left a big. Impression on this uh industry, and he certainly missed from here. That's for sure. And I'm, I imagine he'd le- he would have left a big hole up at Rockhampton.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's just so funny. That, um, Evan Acton bought a of Mayor off, off um Yeah, Brex one of Brex mare's Puddle Duck yesterday. Yep. And yeah, I got to take her back home with me. And and the, I think the plan is to bring her back down here next year. So it's just funny how all things work out and yeah, things go around. Yeah
0: tight-knit community mm. uh, definitely so jace you touched on if um you know the difference in training different kind of stock horses and quarter horses and whatnot has there ever been a time where you've just been like ah just not getting this and there's like a bit of a like a f- going through a fair old grind
1: yeah definitely like where i was where i was up at torilla there up at um north of rocky i used to take say six six weeks off every year and do two lots of breaking in um just outside people's horses just to, because there was a heap of neighbours and that one their horses broke in and I used to do 10 or 12 at a time and I remember times there sitting in the round yard not knowing anything about what I was going to do with this horse because it was just too much for me you know and and um but yeah you sort of yeah you just get back and start working it back out again and um but yeah it's there was a the next-door neighbour's horses they were sort of really they had a bit of dirt in them and they were proper stock horse like real old-school horses and um yeah they were were proper hard to to get nice and um but yeah i suppose you just yeah it's just to get back on them and keep learning (laughs) just persistence yeah yeah try and work out different things i Actually, there's a series of DVDs that I watched, the Buck Brenneman ones, that in the last sort of five, six years. That, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. You watch them over and over again, you learn so much from that man. He's he's probably, what I got, a lot of my breaking in, sort of like now I sort of really enjoy breaking in because because I've got more knowledge about it, I suppose. And you sort of feel like you're a bit more relaxed and uh, you get a troubled horse, you sort of, oh, yeah, i've seen a few of these and i know sort of where to how to go about it to get them to get them better you know yeah
0: rather than panicking yeah you know?
1: and panic and then just sort of go to the the old school method of forcing it you know
0: yeah, yeah. so you're just looking for that sort of right time
1: for yeah it. just getting their mind better i suppose and i mean that's that's same as camp draft horses you know we can all sort of as far as physically training a horse, you can sort of, yeah, you can bend them around and that, but, yeah, getting their head right, that's sort of more important. I'm sort of heading down that road sort of more so these days, just trying to get them more relaxed and happy Yeah. with with their job, yeah.
0: What goes into that? How do you do that?
1: <laughs> well, it's, I suppose it's a bit of a feel thing. You sort of just, you can sort of feel when a horse has had enough and he's, he's sort of, you know, he's not happy, so you sort of just got to go back and try and... Trying to allow him to do stuff rather than make him do stuff, sort of set it up in that sort of way. Yeah.
0: Well, would it be fair to say a relaxed horse is always going to work better?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and I mean that comes through like yourself as if you're not if you're not confident with what you're doing, you sort of the horse. That, <laughs> there's a good saying that you're, a horse is a reflection of your soul. So um, that's something Buck always used to say, and and they are, and that's what it is. They sort of they mimic you eventually you know if you've had them long enough they eventually become you yeah so if you're uptight and not relaxed and that well they just they become uptight as well yeah
0: so do you ever get nervous going into competition
1: i used to a lot you know and and this year's probably my first year like even down here that going into that final the other night i was pretty relaxed i was i was not too bad actually i was after it i was pretty pretty nervous <laughs> <laughs> after me run but um yeah, no, I, yeah, it's sort of it's that that that, that side sort of thing is a lot better now than it used to be. I used to be yeah, I used to get really nervous.
0: And what's what sort of made the difference there? Why do you think you're not now?
1: Oh, it's just confidence, I suppose. You know, you just back yourself a bit more and um yeah.
0: Could, do you find that's a pretty important thing going into a draft, just having that mindset?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, being on a good horse too—that that sort of you, you sort of you know what his capabilities are, and you're not worried about him hanging up anywhere or, or being short or yeah, and and that just gives you so much confidence. And, and they reflect off that, you know, if you're confident, well, they know you're confident, and they sort of yeah, they they, they sort of um, go a lot better than if you won't. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So talking of good horses, is there a horse that comes to mind over all these years that really stood out to you? Something that you're like, this is probably one of the best I've sat on?
1: Yeah, I've, I've rode a... Like, there's a lot of good yard horses that I've been on over the years, but they weren't as good as chasing as, as some of them. Like, i got a little mare of my own called Cat Flight, and... What's she? she? She's a sophisticated yep. out of a 49er mare. I actually bought her off, mate Kenny. Right. Um, a fair while ago, yeah, as a four-year-old, and she's like a little... Little pocket rocket. She's only a little mare, but, oh, she's done some huge runs. Um, yeah, she's she's had a couple of 93s and that. And wow. Yeah, she hasn't... She's won a few dra- well, open drafts now and that, and, but um, she's only about 12-year-old, so she's still got a bit more life in it yet. Yeah. But, yeah, she's... Outside, she's, she's proper fast and, and easy to check, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and what sort of... What are, what were some of her other attributes that made her, you know, stand out to you? Um she gritty?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just the way she can run a cow down outside like she and 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 sort of wanna get there sort of thing, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, okay.
0: Obviously you're from Queensland, Jason, and predominantly a lot of the cattle up there that you chase I'd imagine would be Brahmin. What's it been like coming down here and chasing British bred cattle?
1: Yeah well I didn't, I found them not too bad, I, yeah like I was I was a bit worried because I'd watched a few videos of last years and the years before and the and the black cattle, I'm not a real good picker of black cattle as such, oh I don't think I am anyway, <laughs> especially the Angus sort of type cattle because I don't see much of them up there and um, but I had a, couple, I had a good mate Matty Moffat, he helped me pick a few of them over the weekend and um, yeah, I, yeah I, I seem to. Yeah, no, they'll. Not, the Brahmins are a lot different, of course, up our um You sort of got to stay off them a bit. But these ones, you sort of ride around them a bit more and, and sort of dominate them a lot more, yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
0: So, we're in the yard when you were trying to pick one, were you just putting it down to feel or? Yeah,
1: yep. yep. Something quiet and soft. Softer than the rest, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, in that, on the Tuesday night, you actually had a. Huge run in the gelding incentive with Grasshopper. Yep, he ran a equal ninety one with Zane Haberman. How did that feel? That must have been awesome. Yeah, that was
1: a that that was yeah that was a really good run. He, he felt awesome that horse. He yeah he tried hard and that was a really good cow. Um, it'd been there for a fair while too. So yeah, it was Maddie helped me pick that one and um yeah we went from there.
0: Yeah, well, what about Grasshopper? He sort of you know he i watched him through all these rounds and it, it seemed like that horse just got better each round
1: he did yeah he wasn't real confident in the yard on the first run um he sort of got a bit lost i think it was the nighttime the lights and the shadows and stuff he was being the horse that he is he's a bit bit funny at, at certain times but um i sort of i was lucky enough to have a really good care and i sort of just stayed in there for an extra couple of turns just to get him sort of looking at one and and then we had the um, runoff for the cutout that same night, and I ended up getting a whip in the yard. But that it sort of helped him sort of relax in there, and because so I didn't. I knew that, yeah, the care wasn't much good, and I didn't really um, overexpose him in there yeah. in that run. So it sort of set it up for the next next few runs there.
0: Yeah, okay. So did you attack each round trying to get a big score, or were you just wanted to put a score on the board? Just
1: put a score on the board. That's all my aim was just to keep chipping away, and hopefully at the end there have a decent cow and yeah it's just sort of the way the cattle were there was you know there was there was some good cattle in them and and um but yeah there's a lot of eliminating rounds in them too i thought so yeah if you just had three good scores i thought i was in for a shot yeah yeah
0: because it certainly proved i mean with difficult conditions at the moment it's hard to get cattle but the cattle were a little bit tough at times at times yeah but but
1: that's like we're all used to that now you know like it's just one of them things that you know, we, wherever we go, we're going to have tough cattle, we're going to have good cattle, so we sort of, yeah, everyone's just used to that, so, yeah, we to just got to just gotta wait for our turn. Well, that's it,
0: isn't <laughs> it? Everyone, you know, I know it's easy to blame the cattle, but I guess everyone's got the same opportunity, don't we? Oh,
1: for sure, yeah, yep. Yeah, we ride right in there and if the cow's there we, we'll we do alright and if it's not there well we'll just have to wait for the next weekend or the next run or whatever yeah.
0: What's, what sort of goes through your mind when you walk into the camp like we've all sort of been there and there's just there's nothing really in there mm. and you're just like what sort of the thought process do you go through there talk a little bit about that.
1: Um yeah you just yeah you just sort of go through them and I sort of if you go with your gut feeling, if, if you like something in there, and you go with your gut feeling, I think that's the one you should stick with because I've changed quite a few times and then it's never worked out, and the one that you should have took goes round after you and you go, oh well, <laughs> I should have stayed with what I thought, you know. And but yeah, it's just just being confident, just go in there and 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 um, but yeah, you got to yeah, you just got to be have a bit of cow sense too and work him out and try and train him a little bit before you get out of the yard and. Train the cow, sort of thing, yeah. And
0: yeah, what in what way there?
1: Um, probably pressure and release. Just um, I noticed when I was running them cows up that the people that would take them to the front of the yard and attacking them, they were sort of the cows didn't know where the, where a sweet spot up there was. They sort of they'd go up there and they oh it's no, no good up here, so we'll come straight back. Whereas I sort of I sort of chase them up there and let them relax up there just for just for even a couple of seconds, you know, and and then just slowly work forward rather than. So they didn't actually, they sort of, they stayed relaxed, the cow sort of stayed happy up the up the front of the camp, yeah.
0: So in a way you're getting the cow comfortable up yeah. there as well.
1: And that's something outside I sort of, I try and think about, um, you know, you, you sort of race up and turn one off you, then you get off him, so that that's sort of the same deal, like pressure and release, you sort of, it's, um, you're sort of teaching a cow, so as you, then by the time you go up to the gate there, you can sort of put a bit of pressure on one and you know he's going to come off you because he's, you know, you've, you've given him the opportunity to get off you every time. Mm. Mm. So ultimately, that you feel like the camp drafting game almost comes down to
0: more of your stockmanship? Yeah, you
1: yeah. And that sort of comes back from where I, where I grew up. We had them big open plains up there, and, and in the end there, we sort of, we only, would be only two, maybe, sometimes three, but um, we'd go muster, you know, a big mob of cattle, just two or three of us, and, and you just... Become smarter about where to be on a mob of cattle and, and, um, yeah, and just that pressure and lease thing. If you can push a mob around and then get off them, they sort of work out where the spot is to be, you know, to, to, to where, where you're taking them, yeah.
0: It must, that's a fair old process to go through. I'm sure there would have been like some difficult times through that.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and the hardest thing with that is everyone's sort of got to be on the same page. Right. Because, you know, you could set a mob up and then, um, someone just you know, they'd just yahoo them and 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 wreck all the work that he just set up, you know, and but yeah, it was interesting. It it, I sort of got a bit a bit um (laughs) passionate about that, you know, up there and it um yeah, it was uh, there's a lot in that. And just watching a good dog work, I I learned off I had one good dog there for a while and he could get a mob of wieners out of the yard say two or three hundred wieners and he could set them up along a fence in single file just by himself and um eventually you know like after a couple of days or a week or whatever tail and wieners out he could have them all single file down a fence wow but he was (laughs) he had ADD I think because he used to do that then he used to just go and run a complete route and (laughs) and make a mess of it all then he'd go and set it up again like he was just one of them dogs that just loved and he taught me so much about how to yeah how to how to set them all up like that yeah because
0: up in the north it's sort of more your you know your brahman cattle mm. um what like you know they're, they're pretty flighty sort of cattle in general so talk to us a little bit about you know what is the process you go through breaking them in
1: uh, well, it was easy with a dog very easy like as wieners it sort of you know they go out and bite them and whatever. But with just horses you just sort of just yeah you just same thing you just keep going around blocking them and getting off them you know you just you sort of just got to give them that room that when they get off you you give them room as well so they know that that's yeah that's what they're supposed to be doing sort of thing otherwise if you keep up on them they just you know they don't know where to go what to do they Mm. can't work it out for themselves
0: what about in the yards
1: same thing yeah same thing it's all just pressure and release you sort of them past you and um yeah they're um oh i mean we had yeah we had a lot of crossbred cattle up there too so right it's sort of they weren't just high-grade brahmans but yeah that brahmans are pretty smart animals yeah very smart animals yeah because
0: i know a lot of people actually enjoy working them through the yards once they learn mm. how to handle them yep they move through quite quickly
1: yeah they they work it out they, they're very yeah they're yeah they don't sort of they sort of work out where they got to go yeah
0: definitely so what about in your spare time at home? What are you doing at home when you're not riding horses?
1: Well, um, I've got two boys, um, yep. one's seven, one's six, so, yeah, they, they eat up a fair bit of time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I- I But they, they, they're they really good. I've, yeah, it's really been a good experience having kids and that, and they love playing cricket. And, and my oldest fella, he's, he's been to a few mini-drafts last year there, and he, he actually won one at Comet. Um, He's got a really good old mare though that I got off me um, sister. Yep. Um, yeah, he's he loves. It. He doesn't actually ride much at home now. He just wants to go to camp draft. And I said, "Oh, you, you got to do the work at home first, mate." <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it might you might be passing it
1: down? You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, he loves it. He can. Yeah, but she's been a great mare for him. Like she can, he can just gallop around at a draft all weekend on her, and yeah. You know, she's really good.
0: It must be good to watch that.
1: It is, yeah, it is definitely. It must. And he lacks, you know, like, I mean, he's only a kid now, but he lacks a lot of confidence, and I can see a lot of myself in him. Sort of when I started, I was, you know, very scared at different, doing different things new, and and he's a lot like that, but yeah. yeah, Just got to help him through it, yeah.
0: Well, that's right, you just went through a process, and it's come through pretty mm. alright
1: eventually <laughs>
0: but that's the thing it doesn't happen overnight does it no and that's
1: that's everyone's got time hey we've all got plenty of time hopefully um yeah that's what i sort of enjoy about this sport you sort of it's it's a long long-term sport because there's a lot of 70 70 year old people out there that are still winning drafts mm. so you know i've still got a lot of lot of time ahead of me yet to um to win you know to win more drafts and stuff like that yeah
0: What's something you wish you sort of known maybe 10 years ago about horses that would have, you know, you look back now and think that would have really helped?
1: Probably a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But then I sort of, I'm just happy to be to be improving every year, just, just a little bit, you know, each year and you sort of, you know, if you aim at something pretty high, which was to be a really, like I remember as a kid, I sort of wanted to be a really, really good horseman. That was my aim and. And I sort of feel like I'm heading that way, so it's, yeah, and if it takes me another 30 years, well, so be it, I suppose. (laughs) It's a long (laughs) apprenticeship. Yeah, definitely.
0: difficult one, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I sort of get used to get very worried and worked up about stuff about, you know, not being good enough and, and getting a horse good enough, but now it's sort of like, oh, yeah, well, it'll come eventually if I sort of just keep chipping away at it, Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's an easy trap to fall into, everyone just trying to put something on a horse straight away.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I've been through that a lot, like just just putting too much on horses and trying to change, like especially a horse that you haven't trained or anything, you sort of get someone else's horse and you get on them and you try and change them overnight to to the way you want to ride and, yeah, then you sort of got to spend the next six months patching all that up.
0: (laughs) How long would you say it takes for, you know, a horse to gel with you? To get to that point where, yeah. like, I know different one, different horses are going to be different. Yeah, but.
1: definitely. It takes a long time, I reckon. Like, it could take, yeah, 12 months, two years, I reckon, on some horses to, yeah, depending on how they're bred and that. But, yeah, and, and it depends who was riding them before, you yeah, you know, like, they, some people are totally opposite, which is, you know, and there's no right or wrong, I don't think, either, mm. as far as the way people ride and... It's sort of if it works for you, well, then yeah, it. Let's um, say you should probably do it, yeah.
0: Mm. So what? What's you've won the classic this year? What have have you got any more goals for this year? Have you got your sights set on a few other drafts?
1: Well, I haven't actually thought past this one. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you heading to a few more?
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we oh, we've had a bit of rain up there now, and hopefully there's probably not. Well, paradise has been called off or postponed because yeah, we just. We had the final. We got the finals up there this year up in Nebo, so that'll be really good to go to. That 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 might be one of the first ones I go to. So, and there's uh, going to be Hippo cattle there that um, that we have been getting at Paradise. So that's sort of we sort of got a yeah, we've got to put that one off for a bit to probably yeah later on in the year, so we can get some cattle. Yeah. How many
0: horses would you be taking to a draft and av- on average?
1: Um, probably five, that's yeah. probably usually me, yeah, a lot, we have a lot of restrictions up there, you know, either eight first round runs or, or ten, so you can sort of only take five horses anyway, but, yeah, five, five's enough for me, like, I'd, by the time I put a couple of kids' horses on, and, yeah, but, um, but, you yeah, know, that's about it, yeah.
0: What's your team at the moment?
1: Um, I've got... I've got two mares of Evan and Kim Acton's. Um, one's a Conman mare, right? And the other one's an Ivory mare. Yep. Um, they're sort of. I've had a. I've had them for a couple of years now, and they're sort of. Yeah, they're getting really solid. So I'm looking forward to drafting them this year. And I've got. Um, I've got my own my open mare, Cat Flight, Yep. And I started a roan mare of my own last year, and she's probably the probably one of the better horses I've rode. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited to to give her a couple more starts this year as well. Yeah, definitely.
0: Now, Jace, you're not known to be a big partier and you don't drink alcohol anymore. Just talk to us a little bit about how that all came about.
1: Yeah, it was about five years ago. I, um, I just sort of made a decision that I'd just give it away because I was a bit of a party animal back in the day and used to get, um... I used to, yeah, I never sort of didn't drink much during the week or nothing, but, yeah, on the weekend used to go to the nightclubs and that and have a pretty good time, probably a bit too much of a good time. But, yeah, I just sort of, having the family and that, and I just sort of, um, yeah, just sort of give it away. Yeah. And it's and I don't miss it at all. It's it's a bit hard sometimes when everyone's offering you and, and you sort of... <laughs> I bet. But I'm used to that now, and I just, yeah, I just, yeah, I just thought, well, if I don't ever ever have one, I'll never ever have one, so it's sort of black and white.
0: Well, I think it's, uh, in a, you know, it's a great thing to be doing because in a lot of ways, you're the one waking up fresh for the morning yeah, in the draft.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I, it's, it, it, um... And I, yeah, I, I still have fun, like I was out yeah. last night, and, yeah, no, it's... It's, um just as something i decided to do and i stuck with it
0: yeah Mm. definitely well jace it's been a real pleasure catching up with you mate and um yeah we're we're really stoked that you won this year and came down and are you coming back next year you got something lined up
1: yeah um the mare that evan yep evan bought um yeah puddle duck so i've a good mate of mine tim duggan he's been riding her and he put her through the sale and that and he's had her over at paradise for a or, um, doing a bit of mustering and that. Right. And um, But yeah, she looks she looks a proper good mare. Yeah, you'll yeah, be excited so, to get yeah, on there. Yeah, definitely.
0: So you're heading home today, so you'll be packing her up in the truck, will yep. you?
1: Yep, taking her home with me, and um, yeah, we'll go from there.
0: Come back and win it again.
1: Well, <laughs> beginner's luck, I think. <laughs> oh. So
0: this was your first year in competing in it? Yeah. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no. i come down a couple of years ago just to have a look at the sale and that, and yeah. But I think I might come back every year now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we sure hope you do. Well, Jace, again, thank you very much for coming in and sitting down with us before you head off this morning and um yeah, we really appreciate it and um glad to see the two thousand twenty classic go to such a deserving winner.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Well guys, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Jason Lindley. Thank you very much for listening in and Big shout out to you Jason, thank you very much and congratulations on your huge win. My first attention grabber for today's episode is Jason is a very talented and gifted horseman but he's had to work very hard to get that way and he's extremely humble and just seems to keep chipping away at the process and is becoming and proving to be very successful at it. My second attention grabber and We touched on it in the interview but I certainly witnessed it over the week as each run on PV Grasshopper Jason took he really managed to make that horse get better and that's a difficult thing to do and it just shows that he had that horse right in the mind rather than just physically right because that horse just seemed to respond every time he asked him for something a bit more. My final attention grabber for today's episode was I liked how Jason touched on that he handles his nerves pretty well. I know all of us going through the camp draft or cutting or cow horse or any event really always going to get nervous. However, Jason proved to us that because he's so confident in what he's taught his horse and what he's doing, nerves don't play as big a role. He knows what's underneath him and he knows what he can ask. I just feel like he made a solid point there and definitely something we can all appreciate and definitely should be striving for all right guys that's gonna about do us for this week's episode we sure hope you enjoyed our interview with jason Lindley. we've got exciting times ahead with any luck and this rain keeps up hopefully all the camp drafts and cuttings come back and we can all get out there and compete as much as we can all right guys till next week we'll catch you then